Welcome to the Power in Motion podcast, the show for women who want to develop a kinder relationship with their body so you can feel healthy, happy, and confident without restricting food, doing torturous exercise, or constantly worrying about the number on the scale. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, size inclusive fitness specialist and certified non diet health and life coach specializing in body image. This podcast is here to provide weight neutral, health at every size aligned information and coaching on sustainable habits and mindset shifts so you can feel your very best in the body you have right now. Let's lace up our runners and go for a walk while we chat. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Joyful Movement Show and happy Valentine's Day. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, and I've got a great interview for you folks today in the spirit of Valentine's Day, all about self-love, but it's not in the usual pie in the sky, just love yourself kind of thing. Today, we've got tangible, practical, real-life information and tips to help you make self-love a daily practice to support your well-being. So I'll tell you a bit more about our guest in just a second, but before we get to that, I have just one announcement to share with you. If you're listening to this in real time, then I want to let you know about our upcoming five-day Show Me the Motivation Challenge. So this free event is going to run from February 21st to 25th. And over the course of those five days, you're going to learn exactly why you struggle to get motivated to exercise. And I'm going to teach you the same mindset hacks that I teach to my coaching students to help you get motivation working for you so that willpower and all-or-nothing thinking and bribing yourself with rewards are a thing of the past. So in the challenge each day, you'll get an email with a very simple action task that you can implement to start cultivating lasting motivation. There'll be a daily live training and a mini guided movement moment, and that will happen inside of our private Facebook group where you can also interact with all of the other lovely like-minded women that are taking part. It's going to be so much fun. And please don't worry if you are new to exercise or if you have injuries or you feel like you're not in shape. None of that matters because while there will be a movement component, there's no requirement that you do it or that you do it a certain way. There's no sweaty selfie posts or any competition, nothing like that. The challenge is really about the mindset of motivation and making the shifts in your thoughts to make motivation your friend. So you can find more information about that at my website, so radiantvitality.ca slash challenge. And that link is in the show notes too. So please join and tell your friends because when you're surrounded by a supportive community, well, that's one of the key factors to motivation. So the more the merrier. All right, so on to today's interview. Today we are joined by Ashley Page. Ashley is a body image and intuitive eating coach as well as a yoga instructor. She helps women who are passionate about holistic wellness to find an intuitive approach to food and health, to reclaim their time and energy and feel confident in their body and choices. Ashley's work blends cognitive behavioral therapy with yoga philosophy to help women find empowerment, confidence, and security in themselves. So during our interview, we discussed what authentic self-love is and how we can move closer to it through self-compassion. We talked about the ways that self-love is misunderstood and how that prevents us from feeling secure of our worthiness, and then how the practice of yoga extends beyond the physical postures and invites us into a loving way of being. 
um, in that we talked about the yogic philosophy of ahisma and how it can help us meet ourselves where we're at. Um, Ashley also shared an inviting yoga posture to help open your heart chakra and a beautiful three-minute guided self-love meditation that's just delicious. So without any further ado, I hope you enjoy. Well, Ashley Page, welcome to the Joyful Movement Show. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to be here. Well, the honor is all mine. And this episode is airing on Valentine's Day, which is a day that can have a lot of meaning and emotion attached to it for for people. And you and I were chatting earlier about self-love and a lot of the misconceptions and stuff around that. But I thought that would be a really fitting conversation to have here on the podcast today on Valentine's Day, because I don't know about you or for those who are listening, but I feel like self-love is this buzz phrase that's really thrown around. Like, just love yourself and it'll solve all your problems. But, you know, I don't know if you've ever tried that, but it's not as easy as just flicking a switch. And it can feel like self-love is this pie in the sky thing that's just so inaccessible. So that's what I'm looking forward to unpacking with you today and all the insights and perspectives you bring on that topic as both a yoga instructor, but also a coach who uses the tools from CBT. So why don't we start there? Because that is not something that we see every day. Um, So can you tell my listeners a little about your journey, both as an individual and a business owner and how these two modalities collided for you? Mm, Okay. Yeah. So um, I started practicing yoga in 2010. So almost uh, 12 years ago. Mm. And the start of my practice, I I was really motivated by the physical and um, cared nothing about the spiritual, (laughs) which is funny because now it's kind of come full circle and and totally the reverse. Um, I use my yoga practice as a way for my inner critic to thrive and really expected perfection and um, kind of just spiraled in that. Um, And then I reached a point where I finally heard a podcast of Christy Harrison's Food Psych, and I was listening to her interview people who talked about their history with disordered eating, and I was like, oh, that's me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I signed up for the mentorship with Stephanie Dodier, where you and I met, and um, I really loved her approach with cognitive behavioral therapy, which taught how our thoughts are what create our reality, so the way that we think creates emotions or feelings in our body. And then we act and behave based off of those thoughts and feelings. And um, it really um, resonated with me more than anything I had ever tried before. Um, I think it's an amazing way of noticing our patterns and the things that are keeping us stuck. And um, the way that yoga complements it, it, I think just gave me this permission to be myself Mm. be as I am and um, just be in the present really, which I'd heard a lot in yoga, but um, wasn't really living it. Mm. That's really powerful. Um, 
It's it's interesting to me that you talk about how yoga gave your inner critic a vehicle to express itself. And I, I can absolutely relate to that myself. It's confession time here too. I, I feel so validated as you say that because when... When I first started yoga, that was what it was all about to like get every pose perfect and like striving and that whole like be in the moment, be present, like honor what is. I was like, no thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to get it done. <laughs> so yeah. glad to know I was not alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember the first class that I attended where it was more of a restorative and I didn't know when I read the class description and I was angry. I thought thought about leaving midway through the class because I was like, I'm not getting anything out of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when you started um, exploring your thoughts, what beliefs did you become aware of about how you had been engaging with, with yoga in the past and what you were making it mean about yourself? Well, yeah, the striving that you talk about, I mean, I was really uh, dedicated to achieving these really advanced postures, and I don't know what I thought I was going to achieve with that. I, I ended up with, you know, some pretty uh, uncomfortable injuries. My body really started to talk to me because I just wasn't listening to it. Mm. So it really made me realize how disconnected, like how I had been living completely in my head with no regard for what my body was trying to communicate to me. And the anxiety that I was experiencing was just, uh, you know, growing, advanced, uh, augmenting more and more. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And I think that's a common trap. I mean, I've fallen into and I've, I've seen um, out there that we, we reduce yoga to simply the postures and our success in yoga is based on whether we are able to achieve all of those postures. But you were explaining to me off air how there's actually eight branches of yoga and that kind of leads into what we're here to talk about today. So can you expand a little bit on, on those branches and how yogic philosophies can invite us into more self-love both on and off our mat? Yeah. So as you said, there's eight limbs and we often think of, especially in the Western world, the physical being all of what yoga is. And actually the other limbs have to do with our breath work and with meditation. And um, the yamas and the niyamas were particularly interesting to me in my healing journey because they teach us how to be in relationship with ourselves and with others. Mm. And they're kind of these ethical codes. One of them in particular, uh, it's called ahimsa. And it's often translated as nonviolence or non-harming, which I think in the yoga and wellness world gets, um, gets interpreted as meaning we should all be vegan. And that's fine <laughs> for some people, <laughs> but, um, but not for everyone. And so I like the other interpretation or the other translation, which is peace, love, and harmony. And that's in how we talk to ourselves, how we think about ourselves, and how we act. And through the practice of being on the yoga mat, and which asks, asks us to slow down and actually witness our sensations and honor whether your body is asking for more or for less or to be gentle or to push a little bit harder 
um, building that interoceptive awareness, it, um, it translates then into how we move off of our mat and we can notice that practice of ahimsa coming into the way that we feed ourselves and the way that we give ourselves permission to rest and really all aspects of life. Mm. That's just so beautiful. I, I love everything you just said there. And it certainly sounds um, something like we would all want for ourselves. But I want to chat about how, how self-love and how all these things that you're just talking about can, can be misinterpreted, I guess. Like, it seems to me there is a misconception that self-love is equal to self-discipline. Like, as, mm. as if, like, if you loved yourself, you would eat better, you'd exercise more, you'd do the meditating and the journaling and like these are all good and potentially loving actions but it's like the motive behind it is kind of guilt and shamey right like there's a lot of shoulding and like you should do these things if you loved yourself almost like we're punishing ourselves but calling it self-love yeah exactly it's it's all about the intention right there's a big difference between getting on your yoga mat with the intention to move with acceptance and respect for your body and where it is today versus getting on the mat for the motivation of toning or sculpting or fixing yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that we, we, the way we confuse it is that, you know, we have this basic need as humans for love and belonging. And we think that the solution to that feeling of unworthiness that comes when you don't have self-love as a regular practice, that the solution to that is perfection. And so if you can just be perfect enough, if you can just do enough, achieve enough, and seek all of these external, um, you know, conditionals for you to feel that acceptance and that belonging, then that will kind of protect you mm. from that feeling of unworthiness. So is that what you'd say was kind of like getting in the way? And I, like, as you say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I was doing when I was trying to be perfect at all the yoga poses and in everything else in my life, like perfect with my eating and perfect with my exercise and perfect with how I ran my business and, and like all of it, all the things I was trying to be perfect in is I think that I thought I would love myself or I would be more lovable if I could just do everything perfectly. Yeah, exactly. But, but self-love is actually um, accepting and forgiving yourself for being mm. human. And your, your worthiness is not dependent on anything. We're all unconditionally worthy because we exist. Yeah, yeah. I, I love what you just said, forgiving yourself for being human. But yeah, accepting who we are in all of our messiness. And it's not an easy practice. I think that um, it can take self-love can kind of get confused with self-compassion. And I believe self-compassion may be the easier step to mm. get us to self-love. Mm. Like self-compassion, um, you can grow self-love out of self-compassion and practices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you give us some strategies on 
or what self-compassion practices might look like and how that can be the gateway in towards self-love? Yeah. So I think about a session I had with a client yesterday where she ate past comfort and she, you know, felt like she was failing at intuitive eating. Um, she was disappointed that she wasn't progressing. She couldn't understand why it happened. And um, in our session together, I reminded her that, you know, the reason that she ate past comfort was because her body was trying to protect her from the restriction that happened before it. Mm. So it's actually this amazing survival mechanism that our bodies do for us. And to celebrate it, like actually as a win, now she knows what her fullness feels like. And also to look at that experience with curiosity instead of judgment and just wonder why did it happen? And how could it maybe go differently next time? What did I learn from it? It's, I think a lot of self-compassion has to come from looking at ourselves as like a, a child. And there's that concept of the inner child that I like. Um, you know, we can, if you think of a picture of yourself as a toddler and you, and, and you believe like that little being is so innocent and perfect and lovable. And then at some point, like at what age do we believe that we are not, not deserving of that same unconditional love, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we have to go back and remember that we're all worthy of that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that nothing that we can do can remove us from that worthiness. Um, and to to be human is to make mistakes. So, like you say, to to be gracious towards ourselves and curious, right? Like I'm always talking about replacing self judgment with curiosity. So we can fall into that trap of like, oh, I did it wrong. Why did I do that? That was bad. I'm never going to get this. But as you were just describing with your client, when we can be curious as to what happened, that opens the door to possibility. And right. it, it certainly feels a lot gentler too and a lot more loving. Yeah. So here on the on the Joyful Movement show, I'm always talking about body image, or I should say it's one of the big things that we talk about here on on the show. So how can how can yoga help us connect to our bodies and help us move out of body hatred or body shame in towards body neutrality or acceptance and maybe even body love? Mm, I like that question. So, you know, the practice of yoga, the the motivation is to unite, or that's the translation of the word yoga, is to unite your mind, your body, and your spirit. So yoga asks us to move mindfully through our practice, and which, which can be really challenging, especially if you're in a group class and you're looking around at who's on the mat next to you and how the teacher is cueing the class. Um, I often hear people come in and before they, before we even start, they'll apologize for how they think their performance is going to go. Like it actually sounds like they believe they're there to prove something. Um, So if you are open to hearing the yoga philosophy and incorporating it into your practice, then you're, 
accepting where your body is in each moment and honoring what it needs, whether that's rest or whether you've got energy to push a little bit further. Um, and really to just appreciate everything that your body allows you to experience on and off of the mat. You can find strength, you can find ease. And I'm prompted to ask if that's where the thought work and the CBT tools can really help augment what you're doing on the mat. Because when I hear that, I think back to myself, you know, many years ago and the thought of meeting myself where I'm at and honoring my body and accepting what is, that would have been really hard for me to get around because I didn't, I didn't accept my body and I didn't have unconditional self-acceptance at that time. So it wasn't until I learned to reframe my thoughts and dig into those limiting beliefs that I've been able to think about how I move and how I express myself in yoga in a different way. Yeah, um, I think I, I can relate to that in that I definitely, well, I wasn't even aware of um, how critical I was being towards myself. And so through CBT, I've learned to notice the thought that's there in the first place to acknowledge it, but then um, question where it came from and whether it's mm. mine or whether it was learned. Mm. And then with going further with CBT, whether I want to keep that thought or not. So body image, you know, as, as much as we do this work, it's always going to be there. We're always going to have those moments, but the, the rebound is much quicker when you can acknowledge, okay, this is a, this is a thought that I was taught and it's not, it's not helping me cultivate that self-love mm -hmm. or acceptance. How, what's another perspective that I can take? So like when we talk about body neutrality going from, um, you know, we get into some funny positions in yoga and you get um, views of yourself and um, <laughs> not the most, uh, you know, in not these typical angles. Mm -hmm. And so, <laughs> so looking at, looking at yourself and thinking, um, okay, that is a stomach. That's mm -hmm. a neutral thought. No one can argue that. Um instead of what thought might've previously been there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point is that, yeah, without that ability to manage your mind, there can be a lot of opportunity for self-judgment, not just with yoga, but in life in general, right? But being able to see those thoughts as they come into your mind and not attach to them. And also, like you say, question where they came from. And like, this is just something that I've been taught. And is it serving me? No, I can choose to think something different. So I love how you've blended that, that all together. Now, I know on your Instagram channels, you do a lot of teaching about the chakras. Um, so I guess the first place, the first question I wanna ask about that is for those who are unfamiliar with what the chakras are, can you explain what they are? Yeah, so in Sanskrit, um, the word chakra is wheel. So we can think of them as these circular energy centers throughout our body. We have seven of them and they start at the base of the spine and go up to the crown of your head. And they each kind of govern a, a different issue or a different purpose. And so if we're talking here about self-love, 
the heart chakra, which is located right in the center of the chest, is where we would find that self-love. And there are practices that you can do that help to balance the chakras because for example with our heart chakra if we're out of balance we might feel um we might feel jealous or possessive or codependent or unworthy mm-hmm. and so when we balance that chakra it it gives us a sense of self-acceptance and compassion and we know that we have a right to be loved and to love. Mm-hmm. And meditation is one of the tools that we can use to to balance the chakras. Am I right? Sure. Yeah. Do you have other um, suggestions for balancing the chakras too? Um, in the heart chakra, I, one in particular that I love is just to lie down on my yoga mat with a block, or if you don't have a block, like a stack of books, and place it right under that center of your chest. So just beneath your shoulder blades, and it will have it so that when you lie back and your head comes down onto the floor, your heart is elevated, and you can spread your arms out to the sides have your palms facing the sky so that your shoulders straight back and you just get this nice opening through that space and you can focus on your breath as it travels in and out of that space. Mm, That sounds lovely. (laughs) I want to do that right now. Yeah. When we've been sitting at a desk for a long, you know, long period of time or just in general holding for posture throughout the day, it's a really nice one. Yeah. Yeah. And as you're saying that, like not only does it open the heart chakra, but I'm seeing that as a beautiful way to show yourself some self-love and tenderness by you know correcting our posture. Like you say, from sitting at our desk all day, that's a loving thing to do to care for your body for all the things that it does for us all day long. Yeah, and and the posture can be quite emotional, you know, because mm-hmm. we are so often closed off in that space so if you try it out just know that um anything that comes up you 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 just let it be and um that there is kind of a surrendering that needs to happen in order for us to be open to self-love because if we get on the mat and we're like forcing it you know like willing our way through like I love myself. I love myself. (laughs) Um, It's more of a surrender that needs to happen. We have to be, we have to be ready to receive. Mm -hmm. Um, And you prepared uh, a mindfulness meditation to help our listeners open up to that and be willing to receive. Um, Would this be a good time to move into that? Yeah, it's the meditation from Anne Safi Biasetti's book called Befriending Your Body. I incorporated a lot with my coaching program. Mm. So we want to go ahead and... Yeah, let's do that. So I'll I'll just give the safety um, (laughs) warning (laughs) first. So if you're driving or you're not able to be still and close your eyes right now, um, don't do this. <laughs> Pause the recording and you can come back to this at a time when you can be still and, and be in your body and focus. But for those of you who are in that in that place right now, then um, I just invite you to to be still and close your eyes and Ashley will lead us through this beautiful practice. 
So start by taking a comfortable seat and then close your eyes and take a few cleansing breaths in and clearing breaths out. You can inhale through your nose if that's comfortable and exhale through your mouth. And we'll start with focusing on wishing well for yourself. May I learn to keep myself safe and protected in my body and mind. May I learn to keep my body and mind healthy and strong. May I accept that suffering is part of life and comes and goes. May I give myself permission each day to create some peace and ease. May I trust in knowing that self-love grows from continued self-compassion. May I trust in knowing that I am and have always been whole. Have another big breath in through your nose and a clearing breath out of your mouth. And as you're ready, you can let your eyes gently open. And there we have it. Mm. I love that. And that last line, may I trust that I am and have always been whole. That's beautiful. Well, Ashley, this has been a really refreshing conversation. I really love your perspective on on self-love and how we can begin to cultivate that for ourselves in in a really authentic way. Um, Is there anything else that's pressing on your heart that you wanted to share with our listeners today? Not that I can think of. Okay. Well, for those who want to stay in touch with you after this episode, can you share with our listeners how they can find you? Sure. I'm on Instagram mostly at Ashley Page Coaching, and I've also got a website, ashleypagecoaching.com, and I have a, a yoga series for body image there. There's a tab at the top of my site that you can check out. Beautiful. Well, everyone, please go on over to Ashley's website and download that uh, very valuable resource. Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been a really nice conversation and I appreciate you taking the time to to share your gifts with us. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Well, friend, from both Ashley and I, I want to thank you for being here today. All of Ashley's resources are linked up in the show notes as well as information about the Show Me the Motivation Challenge. So I will see you back here next Monday. And in the meantime, you can follow Ashley and follow myself on our social channels. The links are in the show notes. So be well, friends, and here's to your radiant vitality. Thanks for tuning into the Power in Motion podcast today. If you love what you're learning here, then I invite you to take the next step of embodying these concepts into your own life so that you can live your healthiest, happiest life and never again feel held back by your body. 
Coaching is the fastest, most efficient pathway to taking what you know in your head to actually applying it and seeing results. Whether you're looking to make changes around movement, food, body image, or all three, I'm here to help you nurture a kind, respectful, and trusting relationship with your body so you can feel your very best. Click the link in the show notes to book a free consultation, and together we'll uncover what's getting in the way of you having the results you want. You'll leave this call knowing exactly what you need to work on, and together we'll explore whether one of my coaching offers is a good fit for you. I can't wait to meet you.